The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This, this is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from Dallas Cowboys Training Camp in Oxnard, California. Streaks in! Streaks in! Touchdown! has second! Prescott keeps it! And he bangs it into the touchdown! And now your hosts, Isaiah Stanback. Nick Harris, John Mashoda, and Kyle Yeomans. It's time for a Tuesday edition of Talking Cowboys, presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company, the official coffee of the Dallas Cowboys, as we welcome you in to Oxnard, California. A couple more shows remaining in Oxnard, but you know why this one's a little bit different? Why is that, Kyle? It's preseason game week. We've got a preseason game on the horizon. We're going to talk about that and a whole lot more as we continue on another show here from Oxnard. Alongside John Machota, we've got Nick Harris, Isaiah Stanback, our resident Super Bowl champ. I'm Kyle Yeomans. Glad you're with us. Gentlemen, how are we doing today? I'm good, man. Nice I'm and, living nice the dream. Yeah. yeah. This is a great, great place to be. Love it here. Feeling good. You know, another day, another dollar. But uh, it's game week. That's, that's what's slowly starting to excite me as the week goes on. So, You got another dollar? <laughs> I do. Wow. I do. It's right here. Whoa. That's awesome. Right no, um, no, everything's good, man. It's, uh, come out here. Like you said, John, the weather's absolutely amazing. Uh, kind of dreading going back to the detailed weather, but mm. we're going to accept it because that's home. Uh, but, yeah, like you, as you mentioned, Kyle, it's game week, and it's, it's, it's time to roll. I'm super excited to see these guys take it from the practice field and go ahead and apply it in the game. I know they're tired of hitting each other. It's time to go out there and hit somebody else. Now, this is your last show with us. It is. In Oxnard. They're kicking me out. Yeah, you're, you're, you're getting on a flight. Yeah. We just had to get rid of you. Yeah, pretty much. We couldn't afford you for another day. That's what <laughs> it ended up being. It's like the money but, right here. <laughs> Beamer in the back goes, it's true. Uh, but you'll be on the call on Saturday. Along so with you. A blast. Uh, you, it'll be me, you, Bill Jones in the booth. We'll have Haley Sutton on the sideline. It's going to be a blast. Talking Cowboys well represented. I mean, John's going to be there. Nick will be there. Everybody on this desk will be at AT&T Stadium that's on right. Saturday. So that's that's exciting to, to look forward to. But, yeah, I'm a little bummed we don't get you on Thursday. Because of that, I'll let you start off talking points today. What's the number one thing on your mind going into uh, a padded practice here in a, a couple hours and, of course, preseason game week number one? You know, I'm, I'm continuing to keep my eyes on some of these guys that are a little bit lower on the depth chart. So second tier, you know, second string, third string guys, most of the guys are going to be getting majority of the reps in practice. That's where my eyes are kind of gravitating towards. I know Cowboys Nation is more concerned with the starters right now, uh, but the reality is you're not going to see those guys for about, eh, about, about four weeks. So um, I'm looking forward to looking at the, the secondary, especially the safety position, looking at Coyle. Um, also wanted to take a look at the, the second string and the linebackers to see how those guys are fitting up um, and working work your way all the way down to the D-line. Uh, we've talked extensively about the, the RB2 situation. We talked about the receiver position a little bit, um, but we can definitely dive in more on that. And you talk about not seeing the starters for four weeks. You, you might see a, a combination of some guys yeah, sure. out yeah. there, but just as a group, you're not going to see starters on Saturday probably. <laughs> it was funny to hear Jerry yesterday when we were talking to him, like what players are you looking forward to watching in this game? <clears throat> and he mentioned Michael Gallup and Brandon Cooks and I, he said Mozzie Smith first, but then and then he said <laughs> yeah. Cooper Rush, but it was just funny because you tweet that out and people are like, I don't want to see Brandon Cooks and Michael Gallup in any of these preseason games. We don't need to see any of them. Like, we're good there. Please. We're good there. We want to see Mozzie Smith. You know, we want to see some of these younger wide receivers. So it was funny to hear him say that because I was kind of like, man, are they really? Like, there's just certain guys on this team. They're like, 
they could start the regular season tomorrow. I don't need to see yeah. you know any any more from and those those two receivers and CD Land that that whole starting trio. I'm good there. I don't need to see anything more from any of those guys. You don't want to see a little bit more from Michael Gallup, possibly just just to see if he can get that that speed back into him a little bit. Or you just you you don't even want to risk injury and just get him a week. Yeah, I'm more on the on the injury side of things like. If he's got to knock off a little bit more rust or get more on the same page as this new offense during the you know early parts of the season, that's fine. I, I think one of the things for me that why I say that is because um, Brandon Cooks has kind of exceeded my expectations. Like I thought he'd come in and hit the ground running, but it just seems like he just has a, in a way, a little bit of the way Amari Cooper hit the ground running with Dak. They just seem to be on the same page and, and a really good rapport. So. Um, because of that, I, I guess maybe I'm not as counting as much. Like, I don't need Michael yeah. Gallup right away to be like, I, well, week one, he's going to have to have 10 catches for, for this team to win. Like, I don't look at it like sure. that, you know. See, I do want to see Michael Gallup on the field just because I want to see that confidence reinstored when it's an actual game environment. And I think the preseason will be a really good <clears throat> setting for that. You know, having three games to be able to get him out. Let him get a 100-yard receiving game if he wants to. Let him play two, three quarters. Uh, I, I think that's really important for the mental aspect with him uh, just because, you know, he, he battled a lot mentally when it came back from that injury last year so um, I, I think I would like to see him regain that mental confidence but other than that I don't want to see many guys out there you know because I want to see all 22 ready to go week one in, in New York I guess I'm mixed I, I definitely st- I believe that Michael Gallup still needs some reps mm-hmm. in order for him to feel like himself regardless of what his body's telling him I think I know that I know for sure the mental aspect of overcoming not only just overcoming an injury, but also getting back to feeling like yourself. Um, and if I have to be 100% truthful right now, I don't believe, I don't have 100% confidence that he feels like the old Michael Gallup right now. And I, uh, that's what the preseason is for. Um, go out there, give him one or two series and pull him. Right? Give him one or two series, pull him. Obviously, you know, be smart about the calls that you give him. Um, but I think he needs to get that juice before the regular season. There's a bunch of other guys, too. You know, Kyle, you talked about how you're going to see some starters in there. I think offensive line, you might see some rotation to some guys as well. Yeah, remember, there's, there's some new coaches on the staff. Coach yep. McCarthy wants to see some new things as a, as a OC, you know, of the play caller. And, you know, Schottenheimer obviously needs to get his feet underneath him. Um, you know, Coach Solari over there on the offensive line, he has some things that he needs to see. Practice doesn't show at all. Uh, so some guys are going to go out there. They need to get a, a couple series underneath their belts and then pull them, play it safe, and then get prepared for the next week. What did you think about the the topic of conversation? Mike McCarthy brought it up last year of or last week rather of having Dak Prescott maybe mix in. He's undecided at the point. He's leaning toward no in terms of mixing Dak Prescott into the preseason, but. Do you think they need those reps? Because you talked about it. Play caller in a new scheme, you might want to have some sort of reps under your belt before getting into week one against New York. Because then if there's any sort of miscommunication, there's any sort of lapse in in, uh, at least any kind of connection there, Mm -hmm. then you would have to deal with it in the preseason as opposed to dealing with it in week one. Would you like to see Dak maybe take a couple snaps? Maybe not this week against Jacksonville, but just at some point in the preseason because of that? Yeah, I would, and I know why the coaching staff probably won't. I understand the injury risk and things like that, and you don't want to do that, risk anything in a preseason game, but I would like to see him play a couple of series and just run some plays that, you know, he's going to do, you know, just – Hey, if this isn't here, throw the ball away. I'm not putting, you know, we're not extending plays. We're not putting you in any harm's way. Uh, if, if someone gets through the line, 
throw the ball on the ground. Like, mm-hmm. But just to get a little bit of a rhythm with this new offense, I would like to see him. But I, I, like I said, I get where the coaches are coming from. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I think I think this offense needs at least a little bit of run time before it goes out into New York on week one yeah. uh, against a live opponent coming at you. Um, but also part of me wonders if, hey, Zach Martin's not a right guard right, right. now. Let's wait a couple <laughs> weeks. He might be back. You know? uh, that's just kind of me speculating. But I, I think we see Dak at some point in the preseason. But, uh, again, I don't see a huge point to rush it. I mean, it was, it was pretty extensive when we had four preseason games, but it's still pretty extensive with three. So uh, maybe they wait for week two or three against Vegas or Seattle. I'm hoping that he gets a series. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I just want him to go out there. You give him the first series and then get him out of there. Yep. Just, you know, and obviously be smart with your play calling, get the ball out of his hands. Um, but I think you need to see the continuity of this, of this team uh, outside of practice. And I know, and obviously, the injury is always going to be a thing, whether it's preseason or whether it's regular season. Injuries is always going to be, you know, the thing that's kind of looming over everybody that you kind of hold your breath whenever he drops back. But reality, they need to they need to have some confidence and they need to know, hey, this is game film. This isn't practice film. Yep. They're not practicing. It'd be different if it was like last last training camp where you were doing the, the um, joint practices mm-hmm. and you had that high level of competition against an opponent, right? Then you don't need to play because that's kind of like that's kind of your preseason right there. They don't have that this year, so I think that they need to have those reps underneath their belt and put it on film. That's a great point. They had three padded practices against opponents uh, two against LA mm-hmm. last year one against Denver and then you even go back to two years ago whenever they had LA out here and they faced the Rams so you you don't get that opposite end opponent mm-hmm. you don't get that that same sort of game rep or game mentality mm-hmm. of hey we've got to prepare for somebody we don't know and be able to push through and be able to connect on the other side of it so the fact that they don't have that element this year it may bode well to seeing a series or two from the starters as a whole maybe going into seattle i think that would be a great place to test it out too because you talk about seattle it doesn't matter if it's preseason it's a soccer game it doesn't matter at all it's loud in that stadium and if you want to test the the communication skills of a new offense and a new play caller that's one place to do it without really any sort of uh, repercussions on the other side of it. But uh, you, you, you mentioned injuries. There's been a couple injury updates this week. Ronald Jones out for a couple of days. We saw him after practice yesterday, and he kind of gave us a thumbs up like he's feeling better, looking good. So there's a possibility he could play on Saturday. But, John, I mean, Luke Schoomaker got back in the fold, which is a big – big up for this team and this offense because you look at what he could bring as a second round tight end I mean that would be a huge add to a young tight end room it really would I mean that was the expectation when you use a second round pick on him and he was running routes uh, on air yesterday with Dak and I mean if if you hadn't been following the team at all and, and you just yesterday was the first practice you went to you wouldn't think that there's yep. anything wrong with him I mean he looks like he's he's ready to roll but because he's just kind of working back into practice and, and Mike, as Mike McCarthy told us you know, a few days ago, he had a minor setback a couple of days ago. And, and so I think they're going to really be cautious with him. And you're not going to want to throw him out in that first preseason <laughs> game, obviously. So, um, but it's good to have him back on the field. You just hope he doesn't suffer any more setbacks. And so he can continue to build off of this. Um, because as we sit here right now, I mean, the, obviously Jake Ferguson and Peyton Hendershot are your, are your top two guys. The first unofficial depth chart came out the other day and or yesterday, and they were on there. Uh, but even Sean McCune has stepped up a little bit. Mm-hmm. So uh, Schoomaker's got his work cut out for him, but certainly if, as long as he can stay healthy, I think everything will work itself out. I really like how that tight end room has approached this entire training camp. I, I feel like they're elevating each other. Even with Luke Schoonmaker off of the field, he's been able to mention multiple times that the mental reps that mm-hmm. uh, he's been able to bounce off of both Jake, Peyton, Sean, uh, even guys like Seth Green, John Stevens. All of them I feel like are elevating each other, and you could see that whenever Luke got on the field yesterday. It, it, it looked like he didn't miss a stride. He knew what he was supposed to do. He was, he was in his right place 
places. He was running the right routes. And uh, talking to him after after practice yesterday, I think somebody asked him. It may have been you, John. I don't know, but somebody asked him, "Do you uh, uh, do you feel anything in your foot when you're breaking?" And he's like, "Honestly, I don't feel anything. It's really it's really surprising. Actually, I feel great." So, um, you know, hopefully that that bodes well for him playing this season quite a bit and being effective. But you know, I'm tempering my expectations again. That's that's a tough injury to a overcome and b play through. So um, we'll see if he gets in this week or if he gets in at all during the preseason. We'll kind of go from there. I believe it was Gelkin who asked that question. But okay. John, I thought you brought up last week about Schoonmaker and Jalen Tolbert, a comparison between the rookie seasons of the two guys, both top 100 picks, both expected to come in and see significant targets, significant snaps. And Tolbert kind of got banged up a little bit last year in training camp, and he's, he was limping around at, at certain points. And because of that, he never got off to that start because maybe he didn't take advantage of the rem- mental reps. And that's what Jalen Tolbert said in, in Mobile. So the fact that Luke Schoomaker, even though he hasn't had the physical reps, has been locked in, he's been in these meetings, he's got guys around him that's elevating, I think it bodes well for him going into the season because you need that type of extra context for a rookie to really grasp onto and, and take advantage of what he's got in the NFL. Mental reps is huge. You can, I always I even tell my kids, you can get way more mental reps than you can ever get physical reps. So that's positive from that stance. The fact that he's confident in this offense, he's able to obviously step straight in, get those individual reps. He didn't get any of those team reps yesterday that we would have liked to have seen. I think you could probably plan on seeing him in next week's game if they can build him up to that point. Um, but the reality is he, he's missed a lot of very important reps. A lot of really important reps. Um, and I'm not talking about from the individual standpoint. You have to look at, at his position. He's not just running routes. As position, He's blocking, right? He's pass blocking. He's oh, yeah. run blocking. So he has to be able to work, work in continuity with the offensive tackles. Well, they've been shuffling a lot of offensive tackles in there. So he has zero chemistry right now with uh, with either side. I mean, Terrence Steele, you know, he has no chemistry with, with Tyron Smith. He has no chemistry with any of those guys that have been rotating in that position. So he's going to hit the ground, and he's going to be delayed in his onboarding because of that. Um, it's going to affect his ability to be successful in that aspect of the game. In terms of running routes, that that is what it is. Get your release, get off, break, you know, get some separation, catch the ball, you know, hopefully make some plays. But the block aspect and the passing in the running game, that's where it's probably going to be a little bit slower for him at first until he gets that chemistry with the other guys. Quick sidebar, what's the context of having your kids take I a mental reps? I was just about to ask that question too. It's like, if you're not doing the chores, you better be thinking about it. <laughs> well, I'm talking in regards to sports. Yeah, I know. I know. Sports. Sports. No, it's, it's, imagine Isaiah standing over his, his, his children and just being like, mental reps count. That's right. They count. And he's, he's in the gym and they're like they're running on the sleds and doing all sorts of stuff. The kitchen's clean, but they're carrying that dog on soap around the house. <laughs> Mental hey, reps. You got to be engaged, man. You got to yeah, be engaged. That's, he mentioned, I didn't want to get too far off topic, but he, <laughs> when he mentioned John Stevens, I will just say, from my perspective of, you know, <clears throat> wanting to take, like, the best videos during camp, if Luke Schoonmaker had John Stevens's highlights, and I'm not saying that there's mm-hmm. a ton, but there's been a few, people would be losing their mind yep, about it because he's made some nice, nice Great. grabs. And, and I, you know, I, I think on our first show, I want to say you might have mentioned him. Mm-hmm. I know you guys have mentioned John Stevens, and I came into camp not really... I mean, it was kind of like, well, I kind of know who the top four in the depth chart at tight end that's probably cut and dry, but I will say he's done some things over over the last you know week and a half where I'm like, damn, yeah. it's pretty good. Kyle's definitely the head of the fan club. He brought my <laughs> attention to it, and he's made some heck of a plays. Um, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing him 
in the run blocking. I officially added Nick Harris as the the co-captain. Okay, that's the, right. nice. the, the John nice. Stevens type yep. training yesterday. Yep. <laughs> two, two, like, yeah, yeah, it's full steam ahead for John Stevens. I think it was training. after he made that play downfield yesterday uh, on, with Kelvin yeah. Joseph covering him. I turned around, I found Kyle like up in the stands. I was like, I'm with you, man. Like, we're good. <laughs> like it's done. We're good. It's over. We're on his catch. Right <laughs> it's crazy. It is. Yeah. Oh, and you can see those receiver traits. I think yep. once you put some weight on him, maybe about 20 more pounds, yeah. get him comfor- comfortable in his three point stance and blocking. Watch out. Watch out in that tight end room. I talked to Linda Wells yesterday, and he, he kind of looked at me and goes, I told you. I told yeah. you about John Stevens. Mm-hmm. He's kind of been – he's been on on it too. Cause, and he also he, – he told me about the nickname Stretch for John Stevens, and that's kind of what the, the tight end group has been calling him. He, he did kind of – he gave me a little nugget yesterday. He goes, I got another new nickname for you, Bull. And it's Princeton fan yeah. <laughs> as the tight end. He's a bully he's, up there. He's, he's short, he's stocky, and but he's strong physical. up there, and he's very, very physical. Yep. Uh, so keep that in mind as we go into the preseason. You got you got Stretch and you got Bull. Those are the two <laughs> tight end nicknames you got to keep an eye on uh, going into Saturday against Jacksonville. But when we come back, uh, we'll exclude John Stevens from this conversation, but one player that stood out to you, throughout camp in the first two weeks. We're going into week number three, already one practice down on Monday, padded practice on Tuesday as well. We'll talk about one player that's caught our eye when we come back with more Talking Cowboys right after this. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Are you ready to take coffee off your grocery list forever? Black Rifle Coffee Club is here to help. As a coffee club member, you'll get your favorite coffees roasted, packaged, and shipped to your door free of charge on your preferred schedule. Set it, forget it, and never run low on coffee again. Members also get exclusive deals on coffee, products, and discounts from partner brands. Ease your mind and let Black Rifle worry about your coffee supply. Go to BlackRifleCoffee.com to join the coffee club today. Cowboys fans, after that move, we've just coined the term Rowdy Replay. Let's roll back the tape. Okay, there's our mascot Rowdy cheering on the boys, and now he's on his phone, on his Bank of America mobile banking app? Staying on top of his finances with his virtual financial assistant, Erica. Bank of America's digital tools are so impressive, Cowboys fans just can't stop banking. Learn more at BankofAmerica.com slash can't stop banking. Erica is only available in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app, only available on select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. Member FDIC. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Back to Talkin' Cowboys. 
Welcome back into Talking Cowboys, presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company. This portion of Talking Cowboys is brought to you by Quaker Oats, a super trusted superfood. Quaker Oats, the official oatmeal sponsor of your Dallas Cowboys. Back here from Oxnard, California. Oh look! Oh hey, looky there. We got some Black Rifle coffee up front. We forgot to set out the props. I brought two mini helmets. They had them on one show, and they've been sitting in my room ever since. I have not moved Selfish them. Kyle. I continue to forget Selfish. to grab them on the way out. Yep. Just outfit of his room. He, yeah. he didn't care about the set it's at just, all. Yep. It's not even like the living room, because me and me and Kyle are sharing. Oh, really? No, it's, it's, it's in, in the living his room. room. Actual oh, they are? Room. Yeah, no, it's They in the started room. in your room. They started in okay, my okay, room. Okay, now okay, they're on like the mantle, like under the TV. You're right. Now they're just decoration, honestly. I'll bring them for Thursday whenever I Isaiah's not here. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> we'll just put him in a seat. Exactly. <laughs> there you go. Just put your arm right take a picture. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, one player that stood out to you going into week number three of training camp. Two weeks down, we have the one Monday practice in the books as well. John, who's that Who's that player that stood out to you? And, and I want to kind of talk about consistency too. I mean, flashes, sure, that would be great, but consistency more so. So, I mean, without doing any of the obvious names, Micah Parsons, CeeDee Lamb mm-hmm. and all that, I would say for me is DeMarvion Overshone. And there have been the flash plays, um, but even in talking to Mike McCarthy yesterday after the press conference was over, he mentioned how it's more than just, like on Saturday's practice, he ended it with the interception. And a few plays before they had an interception, but it got called back um, because I believe it was offsides. And just the way that, like, so that kind of stood out to me that I was like, yeah, I've kind of noticed him a little bit. Then he makes those plays, and then I ask him, Mike McCarthy about it. And McCarthy was saying that it's not just those. He, they've noticed it in all levels of the game. And then they, throughout camp and even before camp started, they praised him for his willingness and, and everything with special teams. And obviously that's going to be a key part for it. But he's definitely uh, opened my eyes since, since camp, especially in the last few days. Do you think he could – kind of mix into that starting rotation with Leighton Van Der Esch and Damone Clark. I think Van Der Esch and Clark have had great camps, but the fact that Overshone just has a different skill set than those two guys and the way that he can cover, you think that maybe bodes well for him getting in a rotation? So when they drafted him, the first thing I thought of is how there would be certain games where all of a sudden Dan Quinn would have a game plan where like Jordan Lewis was heavily evolved and you're just kind of like, wow, where did that kind of come from? You know? And, and it wouldn't be like that every single week. So when they drafted Overshone, that was the first thing I thought of. I'm like, there's going to be some games where you forget that he's on the team. And then I felt like there'd probably be a game or two where Dan Quinn used him in a certain role where it was like, no, no, this, this is, this is perfect for him. Mm-hmm. And you won't kind of see it coming. Cause the thing I always go back to when it comes to defenses is that for all the greatness that Tom Brady had, and I'm not taking anything away from him, but how Bill Belichick during that run, th- those defenses, it was not that, hey, this is what we do, and we're showing up on Sunday. It was like he would always have something something a little different mm-hmm. for you that you just couldn't get used to, and I think Overshone kind of brings some of that. You can do a bunch of different things that, like I said, maybe there might be some weeks where you, like, you forget about him, but I could see him having a role in, in other weeks. What do you think about that, Nick? I mean, I know before you even joined the Cowboys, you covered a lot in East Texas. You covered a lot of collegiate athletics in Austin. I mean, you've always been around DeMarvin Overshone. You got a chance to go catch up with him in East Texas. Do you think he has the right mindset to kind of fill that role for Dan Quinn where he's not always in the spotlight, but he certainly is going to fluctuate in and out of it? You could start any sentence with, does he have the right mindset too? And the answer is yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, that's, that's one thing that he brings is confidence to Oxnard. Uh, I think he brings it to this rookie class and to this defense. 
Now, I haven't seen him rotate in with the key defensive pieces that you would like to see him rotate in with. I will say that through camp. Like who? Um, just at being next to Leighton Van Der Esch or being next to you know Jabril Cox or Damone Clark or those guys. I haven't really seen that uh, laid out. He mostly comes out with the twos and threes. But he's going to make this team because of his special teams work. And it's been absolutely phenomenal. I, I think me and Isaiah yesterday were looking at DeMarvion. Was that yesterday? It was yesterday or Saturday. We were looking at DeMarvion on special teams. And, man, he's ready to go uh, as far as that goes out. So um, I, I think you definitely see him on the very first kickoff of the year, uh, <laughs> whether we're returning it or kicking it. Um, but, um, but yeah, I, I really like what DeMarvion Overshone has done. He can play at all three levels. He has experience at all three levels. And I asked him, do you think you could do all three levels at the NFL level? He was like, I'm going to need some work in there, but I, I fully believe that I'm capable of doing that. And if he could do that, that's only going to open up the possibility for things that Dan Quinn can do and uh, match up specific things as well. What do you think? I agree. Everything these guys have said. I mean, I, I'm looking forward to seeing this dude run around. He's he's exciting. He's confident. He he has a little little swag to him. Obviously, got a little country twang to him as well. <laughs> um, I'm just. Looking, I mean, he looks like a guy who just loves to play football. You know, and you love to see that not only out of any of your players, but especially young guys coming in in an environment that's uncomfortable for them, and they're still able to be their true self, um, still be able to come out there and make an impact. Um, it's going to be curious to see how Dan Quinn utilizes them in the game. He's going to play. There ain't no question about it. He's going to play, and he's going to be an instrumental part on special teams as well. But Dan Quinn always finds a way to put you in a position to be successful based upon your attributes and your ability. So he's fast. he got some good size on him. Let's see him run around and hit some people. Isaiah, who's your standout player so far? Offense or defense, Kyle? Uh, I'll do offense. Offense. I'm stealing yeah. it since I'm number two. Jalen Brooks. Okay. Jalen Brooks. Uh, he has been a pinnacle of consistency. As we're talking about consistent players, we talk, some, talk about somebody who didn't have a lot of expectations of him coming into this training camp, and he has just simply just shown up. Um, he's not – He's. I, don't, I wouldn't say he's doing anything absolutely amazing, but he's just like he's not making mistakes that are apparent to us. He's consistent. He's trustworthy. It doesn't matter if he's in there with Will Greer, Cooper Rush, or even even this past weekend he was working in with Dak Prescott. So the fact that he is a rookie that with, with a loaded position, relatively loaded position, working his way into the reps with the ones, especially in like red zone scenarios and things like that, it lets you know exactly how these coaches feel about him. It lets you know how Dak, how Dak Prescott feels about him, much like Dennis Houston last year. But the difference is Dennis Houston was, was linked up with just Dak last year. This dude is balling out with all three quarterbacks. What do you think about the wide receiver depth chart, John? Because uh, right now, I mean, it's, it's easy on the top three. It's, it's Lamb, Cooks, Gallup. But then after that, it gets kind of muddy. We've talked about it a couple times on the show, but I think it changes every week, or at least it has changed every week. Maybe not the names that are involved, but just the way that they're organized. Yeah, for me, Jalen Tolbert has separated himself. That For me, he's the clear number four. That's awesome. Um, there's just been drops from Simi Fajoko. Yep. Um, the one yesterday was, was real bad because, I mean, I don't think Dak has thrown, uh, could throw a better ball than he did to Simi there. And uh, That was on Gilmore, too. It was on, yeah. yeah. And then even right around that same time, there was that, I think it was a slant, um, where Tolbert caught one with Gilmore draped all over him, held onto the ball, just you know, just being really solid. And there's also been some drops recently from Cavante Turpin. He got off to a real hot start to camp. He's had some drops recently, to where I still, you know, I, I think for me it's Tolbert, Turpin, and then Jalen Brooks as those next three behind you know that that top three trio. And I wouldn't have necessarily thought that was the case when training camp started, but I mean. I'm not saying that Jalen Tolbert has had all these wild plays or anything, but he's just been really solid and, and, and just seems like you can really count on him. 
Now, of course, Saturday, we'll have a lot more to say about that than any. That, to me, at least, I put a lot more value on that than what we see out here. But now that we're going into week three, you know, watching Jalen Tolbert just seems like he just has that confidence and it is where you'd want him to be. I will say, I think there's a guy that has a fairly good chance or a fairly good opportunity, I will say, to shine in the preseason as opposed to being able to make a ton of plays out here. And that's Tyron Johnson, the wide receiver free agent that they brought in. Uh, Gosh, I think it was like right in June, like right before we yeah. got out to camp. Um, you know, he's got speed. He's got a developed route tree. He's shown out on special teams here. Uh, he's kind of flown under the radar, I feel like. I think he's a guy that if he gets a lot of play during the preseason, he could pop and have a big game or two. It's it's an uphill battle for him because, I mean, we've already named six receivers. Exactly. Just talking about Tolbert, uh, Turpin, and Brooks as the three guys underneath the top three. So for him to make the roster, they would either have to carry a seventh or he'd have to – dethrone one of those guys and I, I don't I don't necessarily see a whole lot of opportunity there but I agree with you I mean even in practice he's he's shown some of that speed he's got some crisp routes he's, he's been able to, to break and create separation at the top of them and I, I I liked his mindset yesterday he said I'm comfortable here this is the best situation I've ever been in uh, I've, I've ultimately I, I it feels like a family atmosphere and he he came in he has come in he's accepted the challenge and honestly I think he has a connection with with some of these quarterbacks whether it be Dak Prescott or Cooper Rush I think he's had a connection because there are times whenever in practice they're looking Tyron Johnson's way and they're yep. looking his direction to get him the football so I think he's kind of under the radar I, I agree I like the way that that he's played maybe if they can sign him practice squad or if he can even uh step up in 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 fill a role if knock on wood anybody gets hurt something of the sort you never want that to happen but if he's there ready and waiting in the wings to to make a move I think that would be something that he could do anybody else stick out to you Nick in terms of your standout at camp yeah I I guess I'll stick with the rookies I really liked what I've seen from Eric Scott Jr um you know coming in as a six-round pick I traded up to go get him um he's been fantastic in coverage I will say I I need to see a lot more from him in the run game and it's tough to see out here uh so I guess we'll see that more in the preseason that's the one knock that I had on him going back on film is that you know he's he's not that great in the run game uh but in coverage man he's done everything that you could have asked of him he's lining up against any receiver that they throw at him and he's holding his own so uh, I really like what I've seen from Eric Scott Jr and I, I guess to throw in a bonus one one yay Thomas uh, he's yeah. been he's been great coming in with this safety group they've been battling injury up and down throughout camp one uh, has been fantastic filling in he's gonna see a lot of playing time too in the preseason yep. right yeah like, I mean he <laughs> probably he may be leading the team in terms of cornerback snaps in the preseason I wouldn't be shocked if you talk about Eric Scott, Eric Scott yeah. specifically yeah, yeah. I think I think Thomas too. I think Thomas yeah. will yeah. see, see a lot of time as well. He's rolled in with the ones in replacement of, of, of Dono. Mm-hmm. Dono being him and in Bell practice. both. Yeah. Yep, he's been in there, and I had an opportunity to talk with Bones, and Bones is looking for him to be one of the core special teamers. Oh, wow. So um, we'll have opportunity to see exactly what his impact is in the preseason. Anybody else could be in that core special teamers. Demarvion conversation is Jalen Brooks. <laughs> Jalen Brooks. Okay, yeah. a lot of rookies. Yep, a lot of rookies. Ah, uh, man, you guys took some good ones. Now I'm having a pivot. I'm going to say Rico Dowdle. I mean, he yep. was named as the number two running back on the unofficial depth chart yesterday, and the fact that he was named the number two and he's seeing number two reps whenever Tony Pollard takes an off day like he did yesterday, that automatically shows me like, okay, you're doing the right thing. And we've talked about it ad nauseum a, a couple times. Uh, this is. <laughs> This is a practice scenario, a, a practice session where you can't necessarily see exactly what the running backs are doing and just exactly how much success they're having. But what you can see is their vision. You can mm-hmm. see their burst. You can see the way they hit a hole or 
go to a, a hole that's about to develop and, and run through it before first contact. So you're not talking about con- uh, contact or wearing down over the course of a game. You're not talking about breaking tackles and, and things of the sort. It's just the baseline stuff. But all that baseline stuff from Rico Dowdle <laughs> looks great right now. Yeah, and, and I think Malik Davis is very close behind. I, I really I think there's a separation right now where Rico Dowdle's the number two. Malik Davis is the number three, and then there's a, a bit of room for both Deuce Vaughn and for Ronald Jones yeah. to, to make up. And I, I think both of those guys are capable to be on an NFL roster. But right now, I just think Dowdle and Davis, the, the two returners mm-hmm. in yep. this, this scenario, just look like they're a step ahead. You know what I'm curious to see in this, in this first preseason game? What's How that? much Cavante Turpin plays at receiver? Mm-hmm. Being that he's a Pro Bowl returner, mm-hmm. you don't want to, you know, you don't want to sacrifice him getting, you know, getting subject to injury, but he still has to prove himself as a receiver. And as you look at the bottom of the depth chart at the receiver position, a lot of the guys are really the same style of receiver. Ontario yeah. Drummond, Jalen Brooks, right, Durden. You know, you start looking at these guys, Johnson. Those guys are all bigger frame, kind of outside type receivers. Well, if they're running any any kind of 11 sets, you know, in terms of three receiver sets, they don't really have a guy to play in the slot from the guys that are probably going to get majority of the reps. So you would think Turpin's going to have his fair share of opportunities to get some reps in there. But at the same time, how do you how do you bounce that back and forth? Do we want to – he needs reps at receiver. Yep. We need to see what yep. he can do, but we don't want him to get hurt because he's our number one return man. So that's going to be interesting to see as well. I think he'll juggle those reps with Jalen Moreno-Cropper and probably Jose Barbone. Those mm-hmm. are two guys that have started to show up more in the last week. And Jalen Moreno-Cropper had a fantastic week one without the pads. So I think those are two guys that could probably rotate help in rotate there. in with yeah. him. But I, I, I'm, I'm with you. you know, Turpin, I feel like, could get a lot of play at receiver during yeah. preseason. I hope we do. I mean, he had the pads on last year. He decided to go to L.A. and return a punt for a touchdown, return a kick for a touchdown, and then they immediately said, take those pads off, you're on the sideline. So maybe they do – maybe they take an interesting flip to that where they just don't let him return kicks. I I don't think you'll see Turpin return a kick in the preseason. I bet you it'll be Deuce Vaughn. Uh, I I would say maybe, yeah, Barbin or somebody like that. There's, there's a chance that you can maybe see those guys mix in. But I think Turpin plays exclusively at receiver, and I think he'll do so probably for the first half of some of these yep. games, and then they'll put Get him on out. the sideline. Yep. It, it, that's at least my guess it, going into it. But things can certainly change there Absolutely. too. So uh, it, just imagine if somebody else returns a punt for a touchdown and a kick for a, a touchdown, maybe then you've got some conversation. Yeah, You've got a whole building going, dude. Yeah, dude's punt returns the kick. It's over. It's over. As a draft pick, I mean, he might he might be in that conversation too if he's if he's doing special stuff like that. I think Deuce is going to have a fun preseason. Yep. I'm excited to see him get after it. All right, when we come back, we'll uh, give you some stuff to watch for going into week number three here of training camp 2023, and we'll wrap things up on this edition of Talking Cowboys right after this. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Black Rifle Coffee Company serves premium coffee to people who love America. When you drink Black Rifle Coffee, you are directly supporting veterans, law enforcement, and first responders in your community. Black Rifle's expert roasters love coffee almost as much as Texas loves football, so it makes sense that America's Coffee partnered with America's team. 
Go online at blackriflecoffee.com and fuel up with the official coffee of the Dallas Cowboys. That's blackriflecoffee.com to fuel up today. Want to use the Cowboys locker room's favorite products? Check out the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. Right now, you can get the Jack Black Playmaker, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The Playmaker includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word cowboys. The Jack Black Playmaker, 10 bucks, free shipping. Welcome back into Dear Doctor, the show where I answer life's questions with an ice-cold can of Dr. Pepper. Sheila, let's hear from our next caller, would you? Dear doctor, my friend supported me during a tough time, but what's the right gift that says, thanks for being a shoulder to cry on? Okay, this one's easy. I say give her a delicious Dr. Pepper. Nothing says, thanks girl, better than a -a one-of-a-kind soda. Yes, any Dr. Pepper flavor will do. Now, just a reminder that I don't need to be a real doctor to know that Dr. Pepper is the one you deserve. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Back to Talking Cowboys. Final segment here of Talking Cowboys is brought to you by Invisalign, the official smile of the Dallas Cowboys. Of course, Talking Cowboys presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company, the official coffee of the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> Isaiah Stanback, Nick Harris, John Machota, I'm Kyle Yeomans. We have Chris Beam in the back running things. And going into week number three and, and preseason game week, I want to now shift the, the focus back to the starters. Okay. I want to talk about some of these starters that are going to get crucial reps here, whether it's to stay in a rotation or to, to continue pushing into week number one against the New York Giants. But, John, what are some of the, the things you're looking for out of this starter group going into their third week of practice? Do you consider Brandon Aubrey a starter? Ooh, yeah, let's talk <laughs> okay. about it. Let's talk about it. Um, that would be pretty high on my list, especially because he's the only <laughs> kicker in camp right now. I still maintain that, you know, there's other options out there in terms of veterans that are free agents right now. I'm not sitting here thinking, you know, Jerry Jones said yesterday that he's very comfortable if they have to go into the season with Brandon Aubrey. I don't know that I necessarily <laughs> believe that. I think they want to see what's out there. They want to give yeah, him every... detector determined that was a lie. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. I think they want to see him get every opportunity on Saturday and see what they got in a, in a game situation from him. Um, but I think I, that position is still very unsettled. But when he's kicking, you know, I'm over there watching like most people are. So uh, that'll certainly be very high on my list. And then um, for me, it just kind of how do you how do you manage Micah Parsons? Because he just seems like he's so ready right now for the season to start. And we talked about earlier about Dak not getting hurt in the preseason. I would like to be in the room when the coaches watched over that tape of the play where Micah went into Dak's legs. Mm-hmm. They just, there's no way that they were. I mean, you have your most valuable player, you have your best player. They're both, you know, that's absolutely not what you want to see. So, it's it's for him. It's like almost like you got to like kind of dial him back a little bit because he's so raring to go right now. But you also can't take your eyes off him because it seems like every other play that he's out there, he's doing something to kind of wreck the game. So I know that's kind of the easy layup with with Mike, Micah Parsons, but only being at this training camp 
I, I would like to see. I mean, send me the videos. I'd like to know who's having a better training camp across the entire NFL than Micah Parsons. There might be somebody on his level, maybe, but there's nobody that's having a better training camp than him. He was named number nine of the NFL Top 100, so yeah. John just put his vote in at number one, and, <laughs> and we'll, we'll, we'll count that for next year. Oh, well, if we're talking it. the entire NFL, I would put – I would still have Patrick Mahomes Patrick at Mahomes one. Patrick Mahomes number one. But when, <laughs> when you go to two – He's right there in that conversation with everybody else. Mm. I think it's in terms of camp heroes too. I mean, there's no, yep. there's one speed, there's one speed for that guy, right. and it is go. Yeah, that's that's ultimately yep. what he's doing. So it's it's crazy to watch. What about you, Nick? Anybody outside of the kicking situation? Because, I mean, and we I think we're all watching the kicking situation right now. Uh, offensive line for sure. Um, I, I want to see what this group really does going into the preseason this week. Um, they're getting a lot of reps right now. A lot of guys are getting a lot of reps. You know, we saw Brock Hoffman yesterday getting work at right guard, yeah. and he was looking really good. And he's um, talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's talking mess. He's a I lot of fun. Yeah, and he backed it up. <laughs> we put it on training camp live, nice. too, and you and I were both like, whoa, yeah. Brock Hoffman? <laughs> okay, so was it Hoffman or Farniak that was talking to Mike? Hoffman. It was Hoffman. Hoffman. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But then Mike walked to the opposite end. Yeah. It was pretty, he was like, I'm going to let Tyron take care of this one. <laughs> Honestly, Micah was like that Conor McGregor moment he had a few years ago in the press conference. Like, who the, is this guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but uh, Brock Hoffman, he's looked really good at times rotating in that interior. Um, uh, Terrence Steele has looked really good as well uh, since he's mm-hmm. since he's come back from injury. You know, they've been slowly working him in. I doubt we see him on Saturday, but yeah. uh, s- still working him into the rotation. But I want to see more from this offensive line from top to bottom, and especially during the preseason, I think they're going to have a really good opportunity. What this is not reporting anything. Let me let me preface this. But what is your hunch on when Zach Martin could return? Because I think everybody's kind of thinking that. Everybody has their own opinion, and I want I want all three of you guys to give your opinion. I'll give mine too. But when he gets back in the fold, how do you think, or when do you think that could happen? My my hunch, and this is just my hunch again, not reporting anything. My hunch is that he's not back. Really? For week one. I, I just, it, it feels like they're both at a, a stalwart with this situation, mm-hmm. and it's going to take one side giving in, and um, I guess I'll leave it at that. Okay. <laughs> it's just a hunch. Again, I, that's that's all I feel. With yeah, it. we got to preface it a couple yeah, it's, times. Yeah, it is a it is a hunch. 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 <laughs> all right. Uh, hunch alert. Um, <laughs> I like that. I like that. <laughs> yeah, hunch alert coming at you. Uh, Zach Martin, I, I agree with you. I believe that he's in too deep now. It's mm-hmm. kind of like. It's kind of like stocks, Kyle. You know, when once you once you once you've taken such an L, it's like I'm just now I'm just holding I'm holding my cards now, you know, because it's like I've already lost so might much. Well. Yeah, might as well ride it on the way up. You know, I think that that's where they're at right now. I think that I get it from both sides. I understand it from both sides. I think from the ownership perspective, they're like, hey, you know, like we've treated you well contractually over the years, you know. And then Zach's probably like, well, I've restructured to help you guys out and help other guys out. You know, now it's my turn. And they're like, and back to ownership. Well, that's a restructuring means we gave you cash. You know, so it's like there's going all this back and forth, I would imagine. But now I think he, the only leverage he has is for the team to realize how much they need him. Yeah. That's where they're at right now. And it sucks, but I get, I believe that all his teammates understand that as well. And we hope, we hope, and we pray, and we cross our fingers that that doesn't come at the expense of somebody potentially getting injured because of the lack of production at that, at that hole that he's leaving. Um, because all attention right now is on Josh Ball. Yeah, yeah. And if Josh Ball goes out there and balls out, the Cowboys have the leverage. If Josh Ball goes out there and lays the egg, 
Zach Martin, point for him. Yep. You know, and it, and it sucks that it's that way, but this is negotiations. This is professional sports, and this is livelihood of a, of, of a player. This is the livelihood of an organization that's trying to run a business. This is a part of it. So as much as you can, you know, people try to take your emotions out of it. These is two entities, you know, running business, and I just hope that nobody gets hurt at, at the expense because nobody on this roster can play that position and fill the void that Zach Martin has left. And key word there is business. Uh, it's it's that's what all of this comes down to. And none of us are business majors. That's why we're on this desk. <laughs> so hey, again, hunch. <laughs> yep. I don't think he misses any games. I think he'll be back out there week one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you don't hear anything publicly from Zach Martin's side. You hear it, Jerry Jones. Anytime we ask him, Jerry loves us. Jerry's willing to say a lot of things to the point where fans probably don't like that we talk to him as much as mm-hmm. as we do. But just because he's saying that out there doesn't mean that there, that stuff can't get done behind the scenes. I mean, yeah. I, one of my most memorable moments covering this team is being in Hawaii and the game preseason game's over. Jerry's on this golf cart with his wife. They're about to go to the, the bus on the other side of the field, and that's when he said the whole Ziku thing after, you know, obviously Zeke was, was holding out. And mm-hmm. that all got ironed out. And similar to that season, that 2019 season, he was going to be so important to that season. that There was a lot riding on that season. That was Jason Garrett's last year as head coach. There's so much riding on this season. That's why you go out and get Stephon Gilmer. You go out and get Brandon Cooks. I think ultimately Jerry's not going to want to go into week one without Zach Martin just because of how it could affect the rest of this offense. you got a new guy calling plays. You know, There's just so many moving parts with all this. And it eventually got done with Zeke, and then what happened? He gets the contract done, they do the press conference, and then here comes Jerry. He's got a Zeke Who shirt, you know, and it was like it's one big joke and everybody's happy again because everything gets taken care of. Mm-hmm. I am surprised that it, it got to this point, but I still ultimately don't think he's going to miss any games. Missing practice and, and getting fined for practice is one thing, but missing game checks is, is a different – that's a different story sometimes, especially he, – he's not poorly paid as a guard. I mean, he, he makes a good amount of money in terms of his game checks and, and his contract, but he just wants to be paid like the best guard, which he is. It, it, that's, what he, that's what Zach Martin is, and that's what he deserves. If that's what he's – if he's asking for that, like, like Isaiah said, the leverage is now on his front because he's so good at what he does – but it's also the age comes into question. The, All that the, stuff comes into play, but as soon as totally it, does. The reason why I think it goes to week one is because week one is the only time that you'll see Dak have to go to the coaches and be like, "Hey, the figure this out." Yeah, yeah. Because now, right now, Dak's not a not a risk in practice, right? But as soon as he gets to that, if you miss the first game, hopefully it doesn't get off. You take that red jersey off. Now, now it's real, okay? And obviously somebody gets beat because their technique's not sound or they might be nervous or whatever it might be. Now it's a conversation where Dak goes back like, freaking get him back. I don't, <laughs> I don't care think, what you got to do. I don't think Dak's the one that suffers the most. I didn't mean to cut you off. You're good. You're I don't think Dak's the one that suffers the most. I think it's Tony Pollard. You know, a guy mm. that's trying to establish his run game as RB1 and at Zach Martin being so crucial to that run game, he's the one that's probably going to Jerry's office like, hey, man, what do I got to do? We got to go, make <laughs> something happen. I got here. some franchise tag money. I got a little left over, but nah, those, no, we'll, those, we'll those conversations happen, man. I remember there was one time when I was playing quarterback in college and I, had, I was playing injured, playing all kind of made it up, right? All kinds of shots and everything else. And had a hernia and had a pulled hip flexor, and I'm out there playing, and one of my offensive linemen um, came and was, like, not playing to his status that he should have been playing, right? He was kind of feeling sorry for himself. And I told him to free, figure it out. You know, he's like, oh, well, this is hurting and this is hurting. I told my I said, get him out. Get, you know what I'm saying? Seriously, as a quarterback, I was like, get him out. I, don't, I can't afford to run the risk of myself getting injured or us not being able to be successful offensively because this person's in their feelings, right? Yeah. Now, all of a sudden, you look at the same situation. If they're unable to fulfill that role at the right guard position because these guys are not Zach Martin, then that becomes a real conversation from Dak. 
It's like we can't do what we need to do offensively, and we're susceptible to injury if he's not there. Get him back in the building. We've seen Dak. We've seen Dak be vocal about that. Not about offensive line. Not about Zach Martin. But just go back to that Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay game in the playoffs and go to that sideline when uh, Brett Maher was missing all those kicks and. Dak made it very clear in front of all the cameras what uh, that, that they needed to start going for two. He was, I mean, it was very, very, very obvious how frustrated he was in that moment. And to your point, I can see him being the same way with this. That, the other side, though, I, I kind of battle with, too, and you're going to know this way better than, than we are. But I wonder for a guy like Zach, who's obviously been around here a long time, I believe he'll be in the Ring of Honor, Pro Football Hall of Fame. He's been around all these guys. I wonder how much he's battling with uh, not being with his guys, yep. you know? Yeah. No, I, and I'm, I can almost guarantee you he is in close communication with his guys. As a matter of fact, I heard Tyron speak another day, and he kind of mentioned, like, yeah, like, like we get it. We get it. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is not personal. And, and I think no, I, I almost know that Zach is in communication with Dak and in communication with Tyron, those, those, those veterans in there. And they know it's not personal. They know that he has to take care of his business. And they know that him not being there, like, there's – there's going to be some whoopsies, yep. mm-hmm. you know, um, and that's a part of it, too. But that also, again, that goes back to the negotiations and the leverage, right? The, the worse they do, the better position he's in. And it's a sucky situation for the Cowboys and Cowboys Nation out there. But this is professional sports. It is weird looking out there and not seeing 70 on the field. It, it is very odd to not see him in the fold at all. Uh, one other thing, I mean, you go back to what we talked about in the first segment. You rewind all the way back. You say, okay, can we see Dak Prescott in the preseason games? If Zach Martin's not blocking for him, I don't want to see Dak Prescott in the preseason game. That changes everything. Yeah, so uh, that's another part of leverage that he has is he's saying, hey, if I'm not here, I know you can't play your quarterback in the preseason to get an established uh, cohesion with your play caller. Tug with your of war going play on. Caller. So, yeah, there's a lot of <laughs> negotiation tactics going on right now. I personally think he'll be back after – the, the preseason comes to a close. Those ramp-up week and a half that you have yep. pretty much after that uh, that final preseason game at home, I think he's back in the fold for that. And, and I don't think you'll see him in Oxnard at all. And the earliest I think you could see him is maybe whenever they get back to Arlington. They have those days at the Ford Center, and you're able to get back uh, inside, and you're, you're practicing out there. So maybe that's when you get to see him back in the fold. I hope that's the case because uh, this is a team that can certainly use him up front. All right. That's going to do it for us today. That's going to do it for Isaiah on Talking Cowboys in Oxnard. Isaiah, good luck on Saturday. Good luck to you, Kyle. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. What's going on on Saturday? Uh, we've got a preseason game. Oh, okay. A broadcast of it. Oh, really? 3 p.m. Central Time. You've got Countdown to Kickoff. Haley Sutton will be on there. I think you and I will make an appearance I think on we're there. in the booth. Yeah, we'll be in the booth for Crazy. that. Uh, 4 p.m. kickoff between uh, – <laughs> Between the Cowboys and the Jaguars, and, and really excited about that. And get Do you guys into, care when you see that, like they say that Lawrence is going to play? Does that matter to you, or are you guys more focused just on the Cowboys? You don't care who's who's out there? I like? mean, from a football fan standpoint, I'm pretty pumped if he plays, because that would be really cool to call a game of Trevor Lawrence's <laughs> just selfishly. Mr. Play-by-play, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, I, like, to call a Trevor Lawrence touchdown would be pretty cool. However... I'm, we're all Cowboys. Yeah. Like it's like ninety-five-five Cowboys on. This <laughs> There's just broadcast. a part of me though that wonders. Like, I just it, it would mean more if like you know, let's say, I don't know, like whoever's out there, corner. Let's say Wanye Thomas is out there at safety, mm-hmm. and he picks off Trevor Lawrence. You know, it just there's He's like there's more. Just more cool. yeah, yeah, that would actually it would be cooler. Or if Mozzie was a sack for, for me as a play-by-play announcer, if Trevor Lawrence steps back, 
throws to the right-hand side, and Eric Scott Jr. picks him off and runs it back for a touchdown. Now that would be the most exciting part. I was just about to call you out for saying Trevor Lawrence touchdown. Yeah, no, that's Trevor Lawrence touchdown. Collusion. Erroneous. Traitor. No, that's a well. That's a now I'm like giddy thinking about that opportunity, Eric. Can you can you yeah, make exactly. that happen on on Saturday? All right, but that'll be a lot of fun. We're excited about that. Be be sure to watch out for for Isaiah on that one. Nick and John will be back on Thursday. I'll be back with them as well as we'll wrap up things at least in week three of training camp and continue to to push forward to preseason game number one. For Chris Bean behind the camera, Isaiah Stanback, Nick Harris, John Machota. I'm Kyle Yeoman saying so long. We'll see you on Thursday with more talking Cowboys. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?